Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. I would like to start this podcast by thanking the Detroit Red Wings for including my daughter Mika and their lovely Wings Things video they posted on Instagram today. And that's the only nice thing you're going to say today about the Red Wings. It's all downhill from here, folks. So if you're here for me to shine a positive spin on this team right now or, you know, the optimistic outlook, nope, this is not the episode for that. Uh, I'm going to stop talking in a couple seconds so Ryan can do a lovely intro and the sponsorships, and then it's just going to be hellfire and brimstone for the next hour to hour and a half. Uh, for context, um, that's all we've been talking about. That's all I've been talking about is like the house, the house, the house. Uh, Mel and I are in crunch time. We have today tomorrow and saturday to get the house like ready to move in and then move out of our apartment and like that's a lot of things that we don't have done yet and so i told brad i was like hey i'm on a timeline today and i'm exhausted and brad looked at me and said well that's good because you are not getting a word in tonight (laughs) and that's not true I, i i have some words but you know what brad you missed last episode and um that rarely happens and so i'll let you catch up on those we'll call them words but i'm afraid we might have a Mike Milbury minute in there. I'm afraid we're going to have... Minute doesn't even come close to enough. Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. I'm Ryan Hanna. I'm angry. Uh, and Evan is uh, sniffly today, and so he's at home, uh, continuing the tradition of one of us being sick. Uh, uh, fun fact, he took two days off work. Probably caught what I got. I didn't miss a day of work. This episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast is brought to you by Labatt. We want you to celebrate with Labatt Blue and the Detroit Red Wings all season long, even when they get drubbed. Six nothing. You can find your specially designed cases of Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light at your local retailer to hashtag Cellion. Keep your eyes peeled for limited edition uh, team cans. Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light, the official Canadian beers of the Detroit Red Wings and of the statue we're going to build for Jonathan Bernier at some point in front of the LCA. Jonathan Bernier didn't even dress for that game. He was so sick. That poor man. He. This is not what he wanted to do tonight. And what do the Detroit Red Wings, what do his team, what do his friends do in front of him? They allow the Toronto Maple Leafs 54 shots on goal. They generate, what, less than 30 themselves? Did they even have five scoring chances? That was the most pitiful effort of hockey I have seen in a long damn time. You couple that with the fact that that you have no backup goalie, a dude named Josh Block sitting in the room, probably also pooping in his pants, much like Jonathan Bernier was, knowing what he was about to face if Bernier went down. Oh, I hate you for that. Yeah, I don't care. This is embarrassing. I There's there's no secrets on these podcasts. For years and years and years, as the Red Wings have become one of the basement dwellers of the NHL, we've been very pro-tank. Yeah. We want the high draft pick. We know we need an Alexi Lafreniere or a Quinton Byfield to turn this team around and really turn them into a contender. This is no secret. No. And last night was, hey, sure, a positive step in that direction. The Red Wings lost seven games last year by four or more goals. They have done it eight times this year. It's not even December yet. The fact that they could put forth an effort like that behind a, in front of a goalie who's literally dying in the crease is just sickening. There is tanking and then there is disgraceful. What we watched last night was 2015 
15 Buffalo Sabres levels of just bad. I am now convinced that Ryan's tinfoil hat theory of Steve Eisenman actively tanking and actively losing this season because he's aware like us, he needs a top pick are true because there is nothing left. There is no, nothing in my mind that can defend Jeff Blashill's job. If you can't motivate your team to put forth a good effort in front of a goalie dying behind them, you can't. You've lost the room. This is all speculation. I'm aware that nothing is true and we don't know. Blah, blah, blah. I don't care. You had a string of four straight blows not that long ago. The Red Wings have are dead last in the NHL by three points, and the team ahead of them has four games in hand. It's not even December yet. How the hell is that possible in a league of parity? Four games in hand, last place by three points. You know they're going to end up third last, right? Yes, I'm fully aware there's a winning streak coming, and I'm pretty sure the only reason Blashill hasn't been booted to the curb is because he's good for the tank, and there will be no winning streaks, and this team is going to finish dead last by a comfortable margin, and we all know we're picking fourth overall! Uh, this episode is going to be titled, Ryan Turns Down Brad's Gain Continually, <laughs> as he speaks. I just, I can't, this is, like, what part of this team is acceptable right now? Alright, yeah, you know what, like, it's okay to suck. Everyone knows, everyone with a, a head screwed on their shoulders knows that this team sucks and that this team was going to suck coming into the season. I think we all had them projected second last or last in the league um, or among that. It's okay to suck. It's okay to lose 4-1, 5-1 from time to time. It's okay to to just you know have really bad efforts where you play a team of superstars like the Toronto Maple Leafs and you say, yeah, that looks like a team of superstars playing a, a tank team. That's fine. We know that's going to happen. Last night was worse than that. Last night, there was zero effort. Last night was a disgrace to the jersey that they were wearing. It was the most pathetic attempt at hockey I've ever seen Detroit play. And you know what? I am factoring in the fact that everyone's hurt. I am factoring in the fact that there's no Mantha. I am factoring in the fact that, you know, Howard got hurt and they had their backup goalie and who is sick. I know all of that. You still have to do better than what they did. They were paced for 60 shots on goal against after the second period. And you might think, oh, well, after the third period, they might be able to at least slow that down. No, they still finished with, what, 55? I think it was 54, 55 shots against. It's just – and it's not even – I know you guys talked about it the last episode. The Sunday game against Carolina where they generated 20 shots and lost 2-0, they got blown out by the New Jersey Devils on Saturday, the team that's in 30th place in the NHL right now. They've been – if you count – Losses by four goals is being blown out. They have eight blowouts a quarter of the way through the season. This is everyone. I think all of us, you know, said the Red Wings are going to be worse this year than they were last year. That was kind of a given. I figured a wash, maybe. I don't think it's tinfoil hat. I think Jeff Blashill's job is protected through this season. And you know what? I'll go so far as to say I think it's predicted or, um, protected through next season as well no i do not i think that I think unless there's the a dramatic option. turk around he's he's this isn't acceptable even eiserman who's pro tank can't be looking at this and going we can't have this culture all of next year the red wings have played what 27 games they have 17 points i'm just curious 17 divided by equals that times oh, 82 Oh, no, that's not right. I'm trying to get their point their point total over 82 games here. i'll, I'll do that for yeah you, you got on the second. computer you'll be quicker it's 
We're talking this team is 16, 7, or what year was it the Colorado Avalanche just went nuclear? Because uh, the Red Wings are pushing that right now. As Not- they sh- they're on a uh, 51.62 point. Pace. Holy shit. I projected them to be last in the league with like 74 or something like that. And they're on pace for 51. Yeah. Hey, this is how this is how to be fair, this is how you mitigate a late March winning streak. Oh yeah. You when get you're so 30 far points behind. Look, oh. I, I know we joke a lot about um oh that win streak, you know, lost his Hughes. I don't think that notion is completely gone from from Eisenman's mind. I think he's saying like this team cannot afford to lose out on another top end center or another top end player like a possible generational talent because you know we decide to get string together four Darren Helm game winners. We need to be so far in the hole that that won't matter. Look, it's not like Eisenman's going to the room every night and saying, oh, boys, don't give it your all. You know this is killing Larkin. You know this is killing Bernier. You know this is killing – who do we have left on defense? Heronic. But the fact of the matter is that this team is not equipped to win games, but they at least have to put out the effort. I feel bad for every single Detroit Red Wings fan who paid, what, the 2.5 times premium to go to the LCA, LCA tonight to see them play uh, a, a century-old rival in the Toronto Maple Leafs. That sucks. That they probably dropped 100, 200 bucks for those seats just to watch not even a single goal and 55 shots against. That the, sucks. The Red Wings haven't scored a goal in a, over 150 minutes. They basically haven't scored a goal since almost the exact time Mantha went down with an injury. You know how bored I've been watching the games? The, that game against Carolina on Sunday was the worst hockey game I've oh. ever watched in terms of entertainment. Value. At least with last night's game, if you were a Leaf fan, you were entertained. Sunday night, nobody enjoyed that. Also, even Carolina won. Carolina fans hated that game. Leafs fans. Screw you guys. You led everyone to believe that Willie Nylander wasn't amazing at hockey. Holy shit, that guy's good. Yeah, screw you. Screw you all. Chief Keefe, man. That's the second coming. Ugh, this is just every aspect of this team is four players were not a minus in the game last night. Four. That's guess. it. Zadina. Yes. Actually? Yes. Zadina so was for him. Zadina was an even zero. Um Heronic. Yes. Somehow a Red Wings defenseman came out of that game clean. Not Helm. It was not Helm. Who else? Who are the other two? Philpla. And you ready for the one that's going to blow your mind? Tell me it was... Athens to you. <laughs> Wings Twitter is in shambles. In shambles, I tell you. Are you kidding? Athanasiu, well, they played as a line, uh, Athanasiu, Philpla, and Zadina for a bit in the second p- period and actually looked competent. They got a few chances there. So naturally, Blashill went back to Helm, Zadina, and Philpla for the third period, which, by the way, yeah. the dude who lives and dies by the blender when they're winning, when they're losing, period by period, game by game, we're throwing this one. The Red Wings have just played three, their three worst offensive games of the season. And he hasn't changed a goddamn thing. We're still rolling Darren Helm on the second line. We're still rolling Athanasi with Glenn Denning and fucking Franz Nielsen. Okay, you had a second line that worked with Fabry, Athanasi, and Philpla. Why'd you break that up? They're all healthy. Oh, you're missing Anthony Mantha on the first line? Cool, we recalled Phil Zadina. Just put him there. They're both goal scorers. 
Yes, Zadina is not Anthony Mantha yet. But you know who else doesn't belong in the top six? Darren Helm! Ugh! It's maddening. I I hate the blender. I'm almost happy that, hey, he's finally sticking with the decision he made. And of course, it's at the wrong damn time after he made a bad lineup decision. It's, I, I can't. This whole season, I have been trying to give Blashill the benefit of every doubt because I felt I was unfairly harsh to him over previous. I can't. I do not see anything redeeming at this point in the season about him being the coach of the Detroit Red Wings. I'm out of ideas because I at least thought after the last couple of seasons, well, at least the team plays for him. They do not. We, you know, going into Sunday's game, Evan and I recorded before that game and we said, don't expect Zadina to get, you know, those first line minutes or those top six minutes or quality line mates because again, he was playing third night or third night in a row and fourth game in five days. And that's to be expected. You don't want to burn that kid out or or put him at risk to injury, especially when he's replacing Anthony Mantha. Look, I don't care genuinely about Athanasius plus minus. I know we've had some comments suggesting why it is a good indicator of some things he's not doing well. And I think you're all right. I think there are some things in the the defensive game that Athanasius is not doing well. But you know who else isn't doing well in the defensive game? The rest of the damn Detroit Red Wings. The whole freaking team is garbage at defense. Plus minus is a team stat, whether you like it or not. And if Athanasius sucks at defense, you're right. That shouldn't be the case. But a lot of things shouldn't be the case. And we kind of should be looking for silver linings right now. So taking him off that second line just boggles my mind. Philpola, Fabry, Athanasius was the only competent line we've had all year for the past five games. Where that wasn't Helm Larkin. Uh, right. That wasn't Larkin Mantha. That wasn't that first line. And for the last five games that they actually had together, I would wager that they were better than Bertuzzi, Larkin, and Mantha. In a few of those games, yep. So. Why on earth are you demoting Athens to you? Okay, whatever. That's one thing. Mantha goes down. Like Brad said, who do you replace him with? A goal scorer. What does that allow you to do? Keep your good second line together that has chemistry. And then you have Bertuzzi Larkin who have proven Bertuzzi Larkin X is a good line. Bertuzzi Larkin Helm was a good line. Bertuzzi Larkin, whoever else was up there, was a good line. Bertuzzi Larkin Mantha is an amazing line. But they've proven that Bertuzzi and Larkin can make anyone who's that third player do well what player that could be the third player on that line could really use a boost maybe a guy who rides high on confidence and needs confidence in his first few games of this season and his like 10th and 11th games of his career Zadina just do it why are you so allergic to giving him top line minutes very clearly nothing else matters what you're preserving your sacred right to lose six nothings to to the Leafs it does not make any damn sense why he's not being given quality line mates. Just give him the first line line mates. Or if you're not, then you screw up the top six and keep those top six in the top six. Enough with Helm up there. Enough with Glenn Denning up there. Enough putting Athens to you with some like Nielsen and Glenn Denning and Helm. I'm sorry. I don't care how you feel about them. They are not good line mates for, for skilled players, plain and simple. I made the joke after that one game where uh, Glenn Denning had that sweet backhand goal. I said, oh, a typical good goal score or a, a typical great play from uh, Red Wings skill players like Luke Glenn Denning. You know how many people took that seriously? <laughs> Too many. Too Jeff, many. Jeff Blashill took that seriously. Zadina might go up there and suck on the top line. He might drag down the top line. He might actually cost them goals because of a mistake. He might miss a wide open net and it will still be worth it. Because there's literally no other point to, to these games right now other than to develop your team. They're not winning. 
They're not being enter- they're they're not playing entertaining hockey. What are you? It's like they're trying to. Someone said they're spreading out the, the scoring, so now there's zero goals on every line, and that was the most accurate yep. representation I've seen about, about since, it. Since Jeff Blashill put the current lines together as they are, the Detroit Red Wings have scored zero goals. Just keep Fabry, Athanasiu, and Philpola together. All of them were on a heater. All of them were hot. Athanasiu had finally turned around after his snake bitten start to the season, and now he's with Franz Nielsen and Luke Glendening. It's and you know who was on a heater in the AHL. Philip Zadina. Philip Zadina should not be here if we're being honest. No, no. I... He should not be here right now. He needs to stay as far away from this mess as he can. There's a reason that every other injury, they weren't calling him up. Cider hasn't been up. Valeno hasn't been up. Rasmussen has. There's a reason why Rasmussen injuries, but why now? Why not? I think Eisenman called him up. Oh, we I... lost Anthony Manth on the first line. I think, Let's put, call, I think you're exactly right. Let's just plug in Zadina in there and see what happens. He's on a heater now. Let's If he can get a heater going at the NHL level, hey, maybe he'll be in the NHL the rest of the year. We burn that ELC. We get him on the next contract cheaper because less of a sample size like Prashanth has been trumpeting. Great. This is – man, I if I'm Stevie, I'm Philip. man, get back to Grand Rapids already. Christ. I would literally call him in my office and be like, man, I'm sorry. This is not what we meant to happen. Go score some goals, buddy. There's no other explanation at this point other than what you said earlier. There's no, I don't, I think anybody who would count on Jeff Blashill being anything other than what he is on the other side of this rebuild is, it's, it's a pipe dream and it would be a miracle if they were right. Because keeping him right now, the only value that it's adding to this team is helping the tank. Now, they did put him on the first power play unit. That's great. Oh, that's and awesome. And do you know how many Power plays the Red Wings drew yesterday? Ryan, take a guess. Two. One. Zero. Ding, 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 (laughs) ding. Oh, my. It was such a bad game to watch. Oh, 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 I'm happy. You know what else was bad? Madison Bowie. (laughs) Madison Bowie. Had the statistic, like, by Dom Lucician's game score, had the statistical (laughs) worst game of the season for any player in the entire NHL. I defended you, Madison. <laughs> and you know what? You ran last episode, so you didn't have to face me. And then he doubled down on you. <laughs> oh, I will argue his New Jersey game was worse than last night just from pure optics because he had some more blatantly bad giveaways. But So I, I, I figured it out. And someone tweeted it at me, and uh, I, I apologize for not giving you credit, but someone figured out who he is. Madison Bowie is Tim the Toolman Taylor. He has all the tools in the world and no functioning clue how to use them. He can skate pretty well. He's got hands. He can make passes. He's got a shot because he makes the plays every once in a while. We see them and we're like, geez, even in that meltdown game against New Jersey, he made a hell of a play to set Taro Hirose up for Hirose's goal. Yeah. The last goal the Red Wings scored, by the way. And you're like, wow. And then the rest of the game, he's like Brendan Smith. If Brendan Smith did many drugs before a game. <laughs> Brendan Smith already wasn't that great. Yeah, I know. It's just... Actually, Brendan Smith is a pretty... Like a poor man's Brendan Smith. And Brendan Smith is already a poor man's someone else. And Brendan Smith is now playing forward for the New York Rangers. Look, I Which I think might you're not being, actually be a bad option I for think Bowie, you're being honestly. generous with Madison Bowie by saying he's got tools. I don't think he has tools. I think he's got zero hockey IQ. No, no, I agree with that. He uh, can skate. We've seen him win races. He can shoot. We've seen him bury some point shots. He can pass. We've seen him do it numerous times this year. 
I think it's just a broken clock being right twice a day at this point. A hundred percent. I think when this team actually has players to put in his place, because right now they don't, they literally don't even have the warm bodies. They'd have to weekend at Bernie, someone else. Uh, he will be a career AHLer. I might not hate him on the fourth line wing. I would. <laughs> I, like, I'm here for the chaos at this right point, now. Right now, the most he's adding to my sanity and happiness is how funny it is that you had to. You went on and defended him, and then he went and did that. He to you. did that. He got worse. He was playing passable when I did that. Not good defensively. He was still bad defensively, but he was contributing enough in the offensive zone. I'm like, hey, this is a positive. He's turning it around, and then. As soon as I say it, the literal next game, he just doubles down on how much he sucks. It's, oh, this whole team. So the Red Wings, uh, they obviously lost to Carolina before this terrible loss to Toronto. Uh, <laughs> the best thing that happened that game was uh, Zadina dangled around uh, Jacob Slavin and Dougie Hamilton to set up Philpola for a scoring chance. A beautiful scoring chance. It should have been a goal. Yeah, Philpola should have buried it. And, so that was great to see. And Zadina had, uh, I think, two legitimate scoring chances against Toronto last night. Like two of the five the Red Wings had. Jonathan yeah. Erickson had one of them, which was weird. Um, that's that's the season we're having right now. Yeah. It, it, Zadina looks good, and I want him in the minors. That's the state of this team right now. Now, we've we've talked to it. We've talked about this before. Um, to start the year, we said success for this team means – or success for Zadina means he stays up most of the year. We want him to be a Red Wing. And then once we saw how exactly how bad that the Red Wings are uh, playing this year, how terrible this is and how awful it is for anyone's development who hasn't actually had a chance to break into the league, we said, oh, no, keep him down with Valeno, with Rasmussen, with Sveshnikov, with Sider. Um, yeah, we're still pretty firmly on that. I think Brad would agree, too. Keep him down there. Keep him all down there. Like, Cider is playing. 100%. Cider is playing fantastic in Grand Rapids. Like, yeah, he still has his mistakes, but he's like, he's a human highlight reel. He stands players up every game. Last night, he uh, he made a pass or shot the puck in, and then someone went to go finish the hit on him, and then he dropped them. He's so exciting to watch, and I have no interest in watching him in in, uh, in Detroit for a long time. I would love to see them burn a year of his ELC, get that done sooner, get him his 10 games, but... At the same time, I don't want them to subject the young guys who are impressionable and still developing to this shit show because that's all it really is. It's just absolutely brutal. Yeah, a couple of people said, "How are you guys going to put a positive spin on this?" We're not. I like there's there's you can put a positive spin on games like you know the Columbus game where they lost five four, the Anaheim game a week before where they won in overtime. Sure, there's good things to be taken. Literally, those two Zadina plays that we talked about were the only positive things the last two games. Yeah, that's that, it. That's it. Larkin looks lost. Larkin doesn't look anything like Dylan Larkin. Is Larkin hurt? He has to be because if not, like we have we dump on the lower end players on this team for poor performances and poor stretches all the time. And we've let Dylan Larkin completely off the hook because he has not been good for the last five to 10 games. Just flat out. He hasn't. Now Dylan Larkin being bad is still a capable NHLer. So his, his mistakes aren't highlight laughably bad, like a Madison Bowie or a, I don't know, a Franz Nielsen. Yeah. But he's, He's not been good. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi has been invisible, but that's kind of his thing because he needs his line mates to be clicking. Fabry's cooled off, but that's fine. He just regressed to the main. Philpola has been fine. The rest of the Athens U has been fine. The rest of the up still is random one-off chance that he generates. Yeah, it's like who who can we say over the last Heronic? Heronic. That's it. <sighs> that that's it. He's been the only consistent Bernier. I'll give Bernier a pass. Bernier for. 
for saving as much as he did while puking his guts out. Yeah, and even the game against New Jersey, he was getting shelled and he played well. Yeah. Like if you take away like his the devil scored five goals, but there was an empty netter and then a goal with like ten seconds left. That didn't matter. So yeah, I I'll, yeah, I think Bernie's been fine. Before next episode, they have Philly on Friday oh, afternoon. 4 p.m. game, which is weird. What? And then, uh, yeah, it's oh, annoying. Oh, actually, I work till 4.30, so I'll catch yeah. most of it. So, oh, I could view that as a positive and a negative. Positive, I miss part of it. Negative, I'm going to watch most of it. Yeah. Saturday night, prime time against the Capitals. So. Oh, another back-to-back. Yeah. Wonderful. This will go great, because we'll probably have Calvin Pickard in that one. Yeah, I mean, it'll be fun to see him. Um, the, the rest of the hockey world has been uh, uneventful. Nope, just kidding. Nothing happened. So, uh, Evan and I covered the the Mike Babcock fallout, and we've been talking about Babcock for like three episodes now. And uh, we'd stop if there ever was a reason to, but... It continued. So, uh, story dropped rather quickly about someone, I think it was the Toronto Sun, said uh, there's a story from way back, way back, like a few years ago, where Mike Babcock had a rookie name his, yeah, Brad. Brad's showing me this Bills score. That's for the jar. Doesn't matter if you didn't say it out loud. Um, Mike Babcock made a rookie NHR or a rookie Maple Leaf list uh, his teammates' uh, compete level from best to worst and he made him do it so he made him say who he thought uh wasn't competing the most or who he thought was the laziest on the ice and then he read that list out to the team in front of the whole team or something like that or he pulled them in for a meeting it was later confirmed that this was marner and then he listed kadri at the bottom and it caused this huge tiff and the kadri and i believe bozak actually came to marner's defense after marner explained like marner was really upset about it which was like that story, I was like, that's a lot. That's a bullshit move from a coach. Like, that is absolutely garbage to do to a player. Uh, it's not completely unheard of. Obviously, that that happens a lot, depending on the kind of coach you have. But, like, that's a shitty thing to do, right? And um, I was like, oh, man, that's a big story. And then a few people came out and confirmed it. They're like, oh, yeah, I knew about this. I just didn't, couldn't get a uh, double confirmation about it, et cetera, et cetera. And then uh, Babcock confirmed it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is real. Babs, why? Bro why what the hell and then it was just like we thought the floodgates opened on sunday no the floodgates really opened people were coming out with stories left right and center and i was to the point where i was like man babcock might actually have a hard time finding his next job he'll find it but he might actually have to find a a sympathetic general manager time heals all wounds and it's gonna take time for people to forget about this because i we all had our We'll call it suspicions of Babcock. There was rumors Zetterberg didn't like him and yada, yada, yada. Carlo Koliakovo came out and said when he was with the Wings, they were trying to get him fired in the player. Yeah, it was nuts. At the end of every season, uh, there were rumblings that, well, obvious, and and I would have guessed this just by the thing that that list thing with Marner probably wasn't his first rodeo on that tactic. So, you know, it probably happened in Detroit, which probably explains... My immediate gut reaction of why he seemed to have a rocky relationship with Tatar and Nyquist. That's exactly what, who came to mind. Yeah, that's. there's no reports of that. We're just speculating. Um, man, it. you hate to kick a guy when he's down, but man, don't make it so easy. Well, you know what? Babcock owes dinner to Bill Peters. Because with this flood of people coming out and telling stories about, like, coaches who have been, like, uh, verbally abusive or emotionally abusive, it's, like, a lot of, like, bigger stuff than what Babcock did started coming out. And, like, Dan Carcillo was putting it out. He's like, I have so many uh, DMs right now telling me about coaches who are 
coaching professional hockey up to the NHL who like were abusive, like emotionally, physically, sexually, like these guys are like not all in the NHL, some in the CHL, some in different leagues, but still. And you're just like, oh man, these floodgates are opening. And then Akeem Alou, who is a former Windsor Spitfire uh, and then was with the Rockford Ice Hogs, Hogs, not dogs, Ice Hogs, uh, which was a Chicago Blackhawks affiliate, uh, came out and with the story about Bill Peters, the Calgary Flames current, although maybe not current, uh, head coach, uh, when uh, he came in and dropped the N-word directly to Akeem Alou multiple times in like one sentence. And apparently the whole room was, and this happened a decade ago, and the whole room was shocked, and he never, he said he never apologized for it. Um, Or I believe he said he never apologized for it. Regardless. Report was confirmed by two other players in the room. Independently corroborated, so like this happened. This happened while Calgary was playing. By the time they got off the ice, Brad Trilliving, Calgary GM, was already in front of the media saying we're investigating. They didn't open up Bill Peters for uh, comment, so you know... At that point, they're like, this doesn't surprise us. Or like, you know, we know that this might be true. So they did. They immediately shut all that down. Um, and then by the next day, it had spiraled to the point where uh, former uh, Flames player, no, Carolina player. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, or more affectionately, number 23, Michael Jordan, um, talked about, he's like, you know, you hate to kick a guy when he's down, but you're not going to find sympathy from me for Bill Peters. He uh, used to be abusive. Like physically, even one time he kicked me like really hard in the back during a game, and he used to punch players in the head and shit. Apparently, uh, I forget what reporter someone corroborated another story about a defenseman that got hit in the head by Bill Peters. The defenseman confirmed the story, but wanted to remain anonymous because obviously he's probably still playing and doesn't want to be in the middle of this. Yeah, this show we'll call it. So all of that, you have uh, ra- a racial slur being dropped. And now, uh, and also corroborated evidence or a corroborated story of you kicking a player in the back during a game and punching people in the head. Like, this guy, you immediately, you're like, oh, this guy's never coaching a game for the Flames again. Maybe in the NHL again. Flames are playing as we speak and he's not behind the bench. Yes. But he's also not been fired. So, uh, it's been reported that he's been all but fired internally and they're just basically going through a bunch of legal crap so they can actually terminate him, not fire him. They want to terminate his contract so they don't have to pay him. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? He he released an apology letter, which was, uh, I think, still had a code for how it was filed in the legal system, so his lawyer wrote that letter. Yeah, because you know who he didn't apologize to in that letter? Akeem Aliu or Michael Jordan. Uh, who was it? Who's that guy who follows everyone, that hockey player? Zach Boychuk. Zach Boychuk started talking about like the fine line a coaches have to walk. Yeah, maybe don't call people the N-word or don't use the N-word, period. Just maybe don't. Don't use it. Don't hit people. Pretty much everything. Oh, those fine lines of don't <laughs> don't kick my players. If you just take those two things off the table, you still have a whole lot of wiggle room. Oh. <laughs> I like his apology, uh, like very eloquently written completely missed the mark everyone's like well what you know sorry is not good for anything these days you know everyone wants more i was like he didn't even apologize to the guy and he's sorry that he got caught do you think this stopped that stopped 10 years ago do you really think that because michael jordan played for him what a couple years ago yeah that was still there man i'm sorry that's it's not like that's the first and only time in his life he's done shit like that and then there's the whole 
Carolina fallout from this where yeah. Brenda Moore was saying, yeah, basically said, yeah, it happened, but I'm super proud of how like the guys handled it. Uh, Peter Carmanos, the former owner of the hurricane said, had this been brought to my attention, he'd have been fired. Uh, Ron Francis got dragged into this because apparently it created a huge rift that Francis wouldn't get rid of him. And well, you know what? He should get dragged into it because how do you not fire him after that? No, if he- you know that happened, that's on Ron Francis. I'm sorry, man. You're his boss and you don't get rid of him. That's on you. He should be catching heat for this. Ron Francis is not – I don't care how you know good of a reputation he is or how uh, how well-liked he is. By me even, he should be dragged into this. I think he, I think he, he absolutely should be fully in the spotlight. Answer as to why you knew about this and didn't do anything about it. It's garbage. You don't get to hit people. I'm sorry. If you hit a professional hockey player, if you kick him in the back and he doesn't turn around and beat the ever-loving hell out of you, you're a lucky man. He's lucky he didn't get the absolute life beat out of him. These guys are the peak athlete. They're that their peak physical fitness. They could beat you to within a pulp and you're lucky they value their career more than your health. Because otherwise, he is absolutely dead if he tries that crap. Imagine he walked up on the street and kicked someone in the back or, or called a black guy the N-word. He's dead. It's, a, it's an abuse of power. It's disgusting. And he deserves to be gone. I'm going to kick one of my employees in the back tomorrow just to see what happens. Yeah, just see what happens. Yeah. If I make it through the day. You know what? I'm actually... Like anything that's controversial, not everyone's on you know, the same side about this, but the world's been pretty split about a lot of controversial things. A lot of them relating to hockey recently. Almost everyone that I've seen has been on the right side of this. And so that's been good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sport that doesn't have a problem with racism, dealing with second racism incident in less than a month. The onion and the Beaverton are the Beaverton nailed it. They are laughing. The world is just giving them their material. They don't even have to do anything to change it. Oh, it's so good. Uh, yeah, so I think by the time we talk next, Bill Peters will have been fired. And if he's not, then, oh boy, are the Flames going to hear it. Yeah. And and the crappy thing is, a really, really neat thing happened in Calgary the other, either last night or the night before that not that's not being talked about. TJ Brody's playing. TJ Brody scored a goal. TJ Brody had a seizure two weeks ago. Oh, I missed that. I Not the seizure, that he's back playing. He's back playing, and he scored his first goal of the season since returning. That's awesome. But nobody cares because their coach is an awful person, apparently. Um, I'm not going to sit here and defend Mike Babcock for, you know, what he did with Marner or everything that's coming to light. It's like, you know what? The guy's made millions, and if he's been a jerk, he's deserved to be a jerk. I'm not comfortable with people lumping in what he did with what Bill, uh, with what Bill Peters did. Um, you cannot like someone, you can think they're an asshole and you can think that, yeah, you know, they didn't treat their players the best, or even you could even say like, whatever, if he was emotionally abusive to Marner, um, that's not the same as what Bill Peters did. We have not a single story of, of Babcock using a racial slur or legitimately physically assaulting someone. So I'm not exactly comfortable with him being lumped in. You can call him a jerk for, you know, sitting Mike Medano at 1,499 games or scratching Jason Spezza for his first career start in Toronto, his hometown. Uh, But I don't think it's fair to pull him into however related he is by how all this came out to pull him into everything with Bill Peters. It's a whole different story. Um, I think this is going to change the game, though, with how, you know... Not to say the pow- the shift of power has changed. I think the shift of power away from coaches and two players has been happening regardless. But I hope 
that this, you know, old boys club protection of obviously garbage people no longer is the thing in hockey. So that when people do things like what Bill Peters did, they're exposed, they're let go, and they're removed from the sport completely. Because there's no room for that. Believe it or not, you can be a great hockey coach without, you know, being a racist or a physical abuser. Believe it or not. It's crazy to think. The cycle of the same coaches will repeat on loop forever. Although it, it makes you wonder, looking back at the 08 Red Wings that won the cup, Babcock with the head coach, his assistants were Bill Peters, which we know what's going on there. Todd McClellan, who's routinely calling out his team in the public right now. Uh, Paul McLean, who hasn't had a head coaching job in uh, three years. So hmm, that's noteworthy. And um, <laughs> Scott, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say it because it's not, but man, Jeff Blaschel is a Babcock protege as well. He was. He's a carbon copy. He's he's, he's learned from him. I hope Blaschel has seen the light and is not employing any of Babcock's tactics, but now I can't lie. If I'm slightly concerned, he might be. Um the other crappy thing we have to talk about, it's only bad news this week, uh, Robert Bortuzzo. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay, uh, Robert Bortuzzo oh. got a four-game suspension for cross-checking of cross-checking Victor Arvidsson. <sighs> Look, can I start? Can yeah. I start on this one? Yeah, you go okay. for it. Because this one, again, put me at 11 out of 10 on the anger scale. I'm going to ignore the fact how vicious and violent both cross-checks on Victor Arvidsson were. If anybody hasn't seen the play, here's the breakdown. Scrum in the blue's crease. Arvidsson standing at the top of his crease facing the net. Bortuzzo coming in to take his man out, cross-checks Arvidsson from behind into the crossbar. Now, Arvidsson's not too hurt on that. It was a dirty play, but a two-minute penalty at most. Okay, fine. Bortuzzo gets up, looks over at the ref, realizes he's getting a two-minute penalty here. Like, tilts his head back and like, are you kidding me? Even though it was an obvious penalty, whatever. And then as Arvidsson's on his hands and knees getting up, Portuso turns back, goes, well, I'm getting a penalty anyway. Might as well double down and just drives a heavy cross check into Arvidsson's lower back. Now, Arvidsson's on all fours, hands and knees, and there was enough force driven into his lower back that it flipped him from being stomach facing the ground to now he's on his back. Yeah, like a spring. Like, do you know how hard you have to hit a human being to flip him like that? And then... Not that long after, Victor Arvidsson's announced he's out for four to six weeks. So the Nashville Predators are missing one of their best players because a guy looked at a ref, realized he was getting a penalty and said, well, I'm just going to try and hurt this guy now. As blatant of an attempt to injure as I have maybe ever seen in the game of hockey. And this jackass gets a four-game suspension. And he's a repeat of. Fender. He nearly broke Brock Nelson's back a couple of years back doing the exact same thing. He nearly snapped Victor Arvidsson in half and got four games. Garnet Hathaway spit on a guy, which is kind of gross, and he got three games. Well, oh, let me ask something with that. I think he should be suspended for spitting. That's stupid and disgusting. Yeah, I was fine with three games for that. Why did he get suspended and Brad Marchand licked people and we laughed and he got a warning from the league because the wheel landed on zero. And then the wheel of justice landed on three, Ryan Robert Bortuzzo's at best. His suspension should have started with a one. Yeah. His, his suspension should have been 10 games minimum, 10 games. minimum. I'd have given him 15. 
you know what? You can say, oh, it's about you have to factor the injury into the equation. Okay. A month and a half of injury of a star player is not enough. And then you have to say, oh, you have to factor intent in the equation. There was literally no intent other than malice. The, there was the, no intent other than to injure. The play was over. He knew he was getting a penalty. And there was actually a delay of time between the first cross check and the second. It wasn't a moment of anger and he was finishing a play or, you know, where you see guys run guys from behind and you know it's dirty. Like no. when Kerfoot got suspended for boarding Johnson, where you can at least argue, well, it was in the play. It was dumb, but whatever. This was after the play, went out of his way, had time to collect his thoughts, and still did it. This is the biggest joke of a decision the Department of Player Safety has made since they decided to suspend Duncan Keith, what, six games for slashing a dude in the face. Yeah, who and he lost a bunch. It was one of the Sidians, right? Oh, he did it. No, Duncan Keith did it twice, remember? Because on the second one, it was yes. Jeff Carter. Yes. Oh, can't have him suspended for the playoffs, so they no. gave him five games plus one playoff game. Well, we did suspend him for the playoff. That classic uh, rest you for the playoff suspension. This is a joke. The players, they say, well, the players should respect each other. They don't. No. You can't convince me they do anymore. No. They don't. The only show of respect I see from players anymore is when I saw Matt Murray go over to console Jakob Markstrom about his recently deceased father last night, which was heartwarming, but no, they don't. Uh, Dylan Larkin was very uh, concerned after Brett Pesci got hit in his Brett Pesci's. Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Dylan Larkin's a good dude. Um, it's – you have – the whole point of suspen- suspensions isn't to take money out of the player's pocket and it's not – to punish the player. We have to understand this, okay? This is what fundamentally everybody gets wrong. The reason you levy heavy suspensions on players, the main reason I should say, when they do stupid shit, is to deter other players from doing the same stupid shit. So if Robert Bertuzzo goes, I, as a bottom pairing slappy, who can go in and out of the <laughs> NHL lineup because I'm objectively not a good NHL player, can go to one of the best players on one of our rival teams and put him out for a month and a half, and I'm only going to take four games? What? Okay, uh, it, it, take the malice out of it. If you could go, I'm going to take Robert Pertuzzo out for four games if it means one of my division rivals is going to miss a top player for six weeks. Do you not take that trade 100 out of 100 times? Mm-hmm. You're going to go out there and start doing it. So where the hell is the deterrent here? The way player safety, the the way those rules got built into the CBA, like I understand the player association has to look out <laughs> to protect their players so they can't get just, you know, Roger Goodell and all of a sudden they're put on the uh, cannot play list at his discretion. And that went all the way to the Supreme Court or whatever it was. Whatever. There has to be something better than this. It is. I'm out of anger. Like, I'm too tired to be as angry as I need to be about it. But it's disgusting that Bartuzzo can go out there and intentionally injure guys like this and get away with a four-game suspension. Like, if you don't want to be punitive, you, like Brad said, you have to make it a deterrent. And it's right now, it's not doing a good job of either. It's sad because this entire episode, Brad, has been uh, about bad things. There's almost no positives. Zadina's up, I guess. Like, that's a positive. And no, he's it's been... not. He shouldn't be up. But he's, he's playing well. He's all, playing well. Relatively speaking. No one's playing well, but he's done some things. So he's been, been the okay. least sucky. Yeah. Through two games. <sighs> Do we have any good news before we get to overtime? <sighs> Almost none, right? No, my fantasy team's melting down. At least my goaltenders are. Um, my shoulder hurts. Oh, I beat Max 7-3. Max that's lost good. to me. I'm like last in the league. And that's, he, that's he got bad. dry sidled. I forgot to set my lineup most weeks. Yeah, me too. 
Um, find out if I need surgery or not tomorrow, I think. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, Both my kids are sick. Is, uh, is Hank sick? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm still sick. So, funny story about Tomorrow's Mika. Black Friday and I uh, work in a retail store. <laughs> funny story about Mika. There's a video of her skating around the ice singing Jingle Bells. And uh, when I got into Brad's house today, I walked in and she's like, Ryan, Ryan, did you see me skating? I was like, yeah, I saw you skating. What song were you singing? And she said, wake me up inside. <laughs> <laughs> Big Evanescence fan. Huge Evanescence fan. All right. With that, we're going to head over to uh, Overtime, which, of course, uh, on this episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast is brought to you by Motor City Garages. They're a family-owned and operated company servicing Metro Detroit. They do garage flooring, cabinets, overhead racks, wall storage, helping your team recover from devastating blowouts, uh, as well as your vehicles. Enough of the messy garages everyone is sick of walking through. It's time to turn it into something useful. Whether you like to work on your car or if you'd like an organized space, we have you covered. 3D designs and a lifetime warranty. Motor City Garages Park in style. Uh, all right, we're going to head over to Patreon where our patrons get their comments read out. Patreon exclusive for midweek episodes is over time. Uh, we're going to load these up. There's 16 of you. Again, you guys were excited to talk about how bad the Red Wings are. Haroon Khan says, hey, guys, I'm proud yet sad to say that I somehow watched the entire game last night. I was actually tearing up inside because I hate the Leafs and I hate how we just gave up. I genuinely feel bad for the young guns on our team because at least they try a little bit. It was frustrating to see the puck bounce off Nielsen's stick so many times and the repeated defensive lapses. It's all part of the rebuild, but come on, this is a storied franchise. There should be some self-respect. Anyway, since Eisenman has been trading for players in need of a fresh start, what do you guys think about trading for Tyson Jost? Let's go Red Wings, and I'm thankful for Steve Eisenman. He sells his flashes and his price tag will be really high. I can't see that one making sense. Yeah, that's the part deterring me is how much he's going to cost. Yeah, just the problem with true reclamation projects is you have to get so far down the pipeline to where the team gives up on them. Yeah. Yeah, we're far away from that on Jost. And also, do you know how few of these reclamation projects actually work? Like, it's rare. Fabry, for being as good as he is, is definitely the exception to the rule. Yeah. Uh, Peter Ploshansky says, hey, guys, it's been quite some time since I've commented, but I still feverishly wait for each episode. You guys are the bright spot in this atomic bomb of a season. Not today. I was watching NHL tonight last night, and there was a discussion on who you'd rather have on your NHL team, Matthew Kachuk or Elias Pettersson. All the old hockey guys selected Kachuk without a second thought, saying his character and grit wins cups. My mind was a little blown as I was a thousand percent on the opposite side of the discussion. While I don't, while I do agree, grit and character are an important part for the playoffs. I don't think the two players are the, in the same class. Who would you pick and why? Pedersen. Pedersen in less than a microsecond. Now, here's the thing. I think Matthew Kachuk gets sell, sold short because he's air quotations gritty. He's actually really effing good. Yeah, you know he's great. he's a very talented hockey player. So he should be in the discussion with Pedersen. Because of how good of a hockey player is, is not because of his intangibles, but I still take Pedersen because Pedersen's, he's shaping up to be a top five player in the league very soon. Yeah, I honestly think he might actually be the most talented player in the league. Connor McDavid says. Uh, Sorry, like that's not McDavid. Eh, or, well, Crosby. or Crosby or Dreisaitl. He's one of the most, in eh, terms of pure talent. I think he's up to a Dreisaitl. By the time he's Dreisaitl's age, which is <laughs> what, 17? Then yeah. Yes. Um, also the body that Mo Sider has been laying in the A has been amazing. Offense isn't bad either. Hashtag German Lidstrom slash Konstantinov. You guys rule. Embrace the tank. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. Uh, Austin Trotman says, Hey guys, I was wondering if you'd go back on any of the trades Eisman has made, specifically the Regula one. I'm a London Knights fan and man, has he looked good. Cheers. Can't wait for the episode. Uh, it's, it's all hindsight 2020 because you take all your shots in the dark and hope one of them pans out. And out of the air quotations, uh, reclamation projects Eisman has traded for, 
or one of the three has worked out, which is probably actually pretty good. Uh, so right now I would love, I, I would kill to take back the Adam Ernie train cause trade cause he's just been bad. Um, and I'd rather have the fourth round pick, uh, the Perlini one. I'm still okay with that because he's been getting chances, not as many as you'd like, but I can see what eyes have been seen in him that I haven't seen in Ernie. So yeah, if given a redo, I, I would, but I, I'm not that heartbroken about that one yet. And obviously the Fabry one worked out fabulously. So it's the odds are holding true. Yeah. We said with the Regula one, it could not work out and it's not really going to matter. It doesn't look like Regula is going to be what Fabry has done, which is like refine a scoring touch or anything like that. But the option and the minimization of any long-term impact was so well constructed there with that trade that would I prefer to have Regula on this team that or Regula in the organization than try out Perlini? Yeah, sure. I mean, that's fine. Um, but is it going to matter down the road? I actually really don't think so. So, yeah, if that if we, you had to pick one, I suppose that would be it. But otherwise... Oh, I'd flip the Ernie one. He's, he's one of the goose egg crew still. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm fine having Ernie as that fourth liner, though, right? I am. When the team's as bad, I'd rather the draft pick for another dart at the board at this point, but... Joseph Ornius says, my friends, stay fresh cheese bags. It's not just a cool sign-off I adopted. It's a motto, a creed, a call. Stay fresh. The season will be long and grueling, and anyone who didn't know what we were in, in for was lying to themselves. I entertained myself with Griffin's highlights, 90s memories, pontificating roster shuffles, and coaching changes, and this silly Athens U one-for-one trade game to help bide my time. This is what we have. Look for the silver linings and try to find something to enjoy. Relax, breathe in, breathe out. It's going to get much worse before it gets better, but when it does, it will all be worth it. We are not the Fairweather fans. We are the ride-or-die winged wheel legion. We can survive a second Deadwings era. Today's round of Athanasiu one-for-one trade game is the second-to-last one. Segueing from prospects to NHL talent, most of these are no- easy no-brainers. All right, would you trade Athanasiu one-for-one for Rasmus Dillon? <laughs> of course. Sam Bennett. No chance. Sean Monahan. Uh, yes. Yes. Ryan Suzuki. No. Jacob Slavin. Easy. Yes. Yes. Uh, Hayden Flurry. Good God, no. I'd say no. Kirby Doc. Yes. Yeah, I probably would. Alex DeBrinkett. Yes. Yes. Nazem Kadri. That's a no for me. How old's Naz? Uh, he's. You know what? I'll just I'll just predicate this answer. If he's at least around the same age as Athanasiu, yes. But he's twenty nine. No. Uh, oh my God, Nazem Kadri's twenty nine. Twenty nine. What have I been doing with my yeah. life? Kale McCarr, easiest yes in the world. Pierre Luc Dubois, yes. Ryan Murray, how much do you believe in Ryan Murray's revival? I don't. So no. Rupe Hints, yeah, yeah, probably. Mir- Miral of yeah. course. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, uh, I'm gonna say no. He's really? He's he's good. I, Doesn't I'd he be, play center? Yeah, I'd be comfortable with that trade. I'd do it for Nugent. Uh, well, I'd be okay with it, but I, w- I wouldn't go out of my way to do it. Darnell Nurse, yes. Yes. Owen Tippett? No. Rasmus Kupari? No. Stay fresh cheese bags. P.S. Bill Peters can go fist himself. Liz B says, I knew they'd be bad, but sweet baby Jeebus, I was not pre- prepared for this, especially considering how they finished last season. How are they worse than last year? I truly believe they will finish last. They are awful, and I will watch the entirety of every single game I'm not at work uh, because I like this team too much to not watch. The awful hockey is going to pay off this season, right? 
If there are hockey gods, they will make this worth it because this is so much pain. Garrett TV says, Hockey Amigos, this holiday season, I'm thankful for you guys giving us something to look forward to twice a week. What's your most memorable holiday Wings game? Here's mine. I remember hanging out with a bunch of buddies about 20 years ago watching the annual New Year's Eve game. We were playing the Kings and entering the third tied 0-0. It was a boring game, so we made it fun by drinking every time there was a stoppage in play. Needless to say, we were pretty sloshed by the third. Anyway, Stevie scored early to make it one nothing. Then Rob Blake scored to tie it with like 30 seconds left, and we all got really pissed. And then out of nowhere, Stevie scored a second of the game with under five seconds to play, and we won 2-1. Additional drinking ensued. Always one of uh, my more memorable games, despite the hangover from slamming Batty Blues. Hashtag Celion. Like I was on a flight with Wade Boggs. It's things like this that keep me going after last night. Keep getting pucks deep. Let's go Red Wings. Me has to be the uh, the winter classic at the big house. Has to be. I froze my butt off and I'll never forget that. They lost that game. They lost in a shootout. I believe it was Bozak who scored. The backhand roof on Jimmy. Yeah. Well, there was a bunch of goals because Datsu scored in that shootout too. I'm going to go with the one they won. The Winter Classic against Chicago. Oh, nice. The Wrigley. I remember watching that one very hungover on the couch and Pavel Datsuk bringing me to life. Mm. Uh, Austin Hoiser says, Gents, Happy American Thanksgiving. A um, uh, few things I'm thankful for. One, Steve Weisman is the GM of the Detroit Red Wings. Two, Mo Sider laying the boom. And uh, this podcast, seriously, love the passion you all have and display in every episode, even Evan. Four, the tank. Stevie is going to trade is going to write the ship. All that said, would you rather listen in on a trade convo being had uh, being had by Stevie or listen in on contract talks with Stevie and any other player? Trade talks, trade talks, hundred percent. I'm always so fascinated. I I would want to listen to both, but trade talks would definitely be my priority. I got to think this that his trade calls are a masterclass. Thanks again, boys. Let's go, Red Wings. Antonio Gracias says hello, lads. First off, uh, happy American Thanksgiving. As expected, I'm thankful for you guys, the podcast community, and Stevie being the GM. That said, I was having a convo with my dad during last night's game, and he was asking me, "How did this happen in the Wings? What caused us all? What caused us to fall so far from past success?" I expressed that a large part of it was adjusting to the cap era while making short but expensive contracts to keep the playoff streak alive. All this while signing then young players to long contracts because they looked good in the eye test because they were young. playing with some of the all-time greats, Z, Datsuk, Lidstrom, etc. But when those greats retire and you're left with guys with long contracts regressing, regressing to the mean, then you're locked into mediocrity. Anyways, I was curious if you could sum up how we got to this point. Looking back over the last decade in a couple sentences, I just want to know your thought. Cheers. Uh, elite players retire. Bad contracts never expire. Um, every Never. Also, one key thing, too. Never, in today's NHL, never picking in the top five will do this to you. You cannot coast without elite talent, and the Red Wings do not have it because they have not picked high enough to get it. Philip Zadina and Moritz Sider maybe maybe fit that bill uh father time is undefeated even if he had to wait longer with the red wings ken holland signed atrocious contracts matt cheney says holy moly there's a lot of dirt that's come out about hockey coaches this last week since you guys are a positive podcast oops sorry about this yeah. episode yeah we try what is your favorite funny or good guy nhl coach story other than coach q betting two hundred fifty thousand on a horse race before the cup final uh, there's good guy coach story. Oh, it's depressing how it's few are coming to mind. This one's not a good guy story, but it's a funny story uh, that Ozzy told on uh, D Max Pod, and it was about uh, how Ozzy was always a partier, 
like always was out with the party crew and, and Scotty used to call around to the bars to see if any of the Red Wings were there so he can come bring them home for curfew. And uh, Ozzy decided to stay home one night. He was watching some kind of TV show and it, that rarely happened. And um, Scotty went to the bar and found like four of them there and he stayed looking around for Osgood because he was expecting him to be there. And uh, everyone was like, he's not here. And then the next day at practice, he got reamed out. He's like, I know you were there. And Ozzy was like, I wasn't there. He's like, I know you were there, man. <laughs> it was just so funny that Ozzy had that reputation. Uh, only one I can uh, remember. Oh, Drape said that story. Sorry. Yeah. Only one I can remember coming to mind off the top is uh, during Washington's playoff run when they won the cup a couple of years ago when Barry Trotz did the hot lap at the – at the end of practice, just watching his uh, old ass haul ass around the rink while his mm. team was all fired up. I love stuff like that. Um, yeah. Also, John Tortorello rescues dogs, and that just makes me oh. feel warm and, and fuzzy. John, who knew that out of all of this, John Tortorello would come out looking like a good guy? <laughs> right? Like, he didn't have the best reputation in terms of how he treated players, and yeah, he's come out scot free so far. <laughs> Evan Beckner says, hey, guys, happy Thanksgiving, or as you know it, Thursday. I'm sure you'll touch on the coaching dumpster fire, so I'll take the conversation back to a topic from last pod. The suspension was levied against what what's-his-nuts for the cross-check on Arvidsson. Four games while Arvidsson is out for longer doesn't seem fair. I propose if a player is suspended for a dangerous play where they injured another player, either intentional or negligent, then the offending player cannot play until the injured player returns. Also, whatever suspension would be served after the player injured player returns. So if it's if it Arvidsson is out for a month, then what's his nuts is out for a month plus four games. I don't think the PA would ever go for it, but it sounds fair to me. I love that honestly. If it's not if it's a freak play, if it's a freak play, no, like that happens. But if you're intentionally injuring a player, you're out as long as they are. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm. If it's a, if it's, I'm only okay with that if it's on a suspension deemed intent to injure, because then it gets into a lot of gray. Because there's. There's minor infractions that can lead to devastating injuries just by fluke bad luck. So mm-hmm. you, you'd hate to see a guy like accidentally bump into the back of a guy and he's, his head snap backs and hit the ice. Like that, that's not a four month suspension if Buddy gets a concussion. But yeah, but if it's deemed intent to injure, then yeah, you don't come back till that guy comes back. Jacob Lozen says, happy American Thanksgiving. Shout out to Canada for not having Black Friday. And Bill Peters is still a piece of shit. This slice of pie I'm about to consume is sponsored by Stay Fresh Cheese Bags. And I eat it in honor of you, Dud Duds. That is all. Matt Bocker says, hey, Dud Duds. Misery loves company. First, the wings get embarrassed by keeps leaves. And then I get to, and then I get sick on Thanksgiving. Uh, the greatest holiday. So I'm thankful for leftovers and you guys helping us through the season. But holy frick, is this team bad? So bad that Stay Fresh Cheese Bags can't even mask the smell. Question. Wings are on pace for a total goal differential of minus 141.9. So over or under minus 142.5 goal differential? I'm going to say under because it's just not possible. Right? That's not possible. Right? They can't keep getting worse. They can't. No, there's no way. Cameron Brown says, hey, guys, hope I'm not too late. This whole mountain time thing is screwing with me a bit. Just started my new job out here on the mountain. I'll try to get some better picks when it's not snowing. But on to my question. Are you guys okay? How are y'all still getting through this? I'm enjoying all the East Coast home games being at five, but damn, they're just making me want to go to bed early. I even found a bar out here that can get the FSD feed, but it's still getting to the point. It's not worth it. Either way, I'm still in. Let's go Red Wings. Uh, We're doing it for you guys. You guys are the ones that give us life through this because it is hard. P.S. Cam says if there's any Wings fans in the Bozeman slash Big Sky Montana area that want to watch this dumpster fire too, let me know. I need friends. Advanced Water says happy Thanksgiving, Dub Dub. A pretty uh, common tradition is to go around the table and say what we're thankful for. So let's do that. 
I'll go first. I'm thankful for Zadina, this podcast, and my wife's pumpkin pie. Okay, Ryan, now it's your turn. Then just go clockwise. <sighs> I'm thankful for Crystal Crisco for putting up with us in here <laughs> for near on five years before we found somewhere else so she could go ahead and be a mother to her kids and take care of a household without worrying what two to three dumb heads in the basement making everything be quiet. That's what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for Mika Crisco for giving me my one chance of fleeting fame because she is adorable. Philip Gastineau says, why the frick would they not play the emergency goalie? I feel robbed. The fact that they didn't ask Chris Osgood to step down from the broadcasting booth into the dressing room, put some pads on and get out there is an abomination and they hate fun. Did they even let the emergency goalie sit on the bench? I'm not sure. I don't think I didn't see him. But I heard he was sitting in the room shortly after, but I never actually paid attention to see if he got out to the bench. If they didn't get him out to the bench, fire Blashill just for that. Honestly, they hate fun. It's the only good storyline that would have happened this season. Because yeah. he was in his gear. Like, they confirmed. He got dressed. Yeah. But they decided that, no, no, we can't let him out there. We can't have a Scott Foster story. Scott Foster story is the best thing to happen to, to Chicago in a long if, time. If that Josh Block oh. guy got into the game and allowed 12 goals, it's still the best story of the season. Uh, Arjun Shanker says, I missed the Red Wings game because I saw Milwaukee versus Manitoba with my brother and a friend. Manitoba scored an own goal uh, on the empty net on a delayed penalty. I saw that. Top-notch stuff. Uh, with that, we're going to wrap up this episode, uh, of the winged wheel podcast just on an hour. Uh, we'll get back to some longer episodes. Uh, guys, I'm moving in on Saturday, which means we'll be able to start recording at the house soon it has floors. Now ethernet's not wired up, but these guys wouldn't really care about that. You don't put your laptops. Uh, with that, we're going to wrap up this week's episode. We'd like to thank all of our listeners, all of our patrons, our name level sponsors, Luke Johnson, Arjun Shanker, Clayton Van Dyken, Mike Reed, Langabeer. Matthew M. Rice, Ryan Lewis, Sean Levine, Matt McKay, Hannah Lee, Kaylin Wood, Jacob Turner, Charlie Elkins, John Evans, Rob Thiel, Craig Kibble, Stan Olson, Ryan Lewis, and Simon Anderson. Thank you all. Hopefully next episode is more positive. Stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.